0: I realized like books uh, and the authors who wrote these books changed my life in irrevocable ways. My faith, but also just who I was and companionship and connecting with people. And uh, I wanted to give that to somebody else. I wanted to be a part of that experience for other people.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. My name is David Bloom, and I'm with my co-host, Alan Briggs. Let's
2: do this, man. Another episode. I always get excited to record with you.
1: Yeah. Well, and we're excited about this conversation because it really all has to do with writing. And Alan, you've written three books now. I'm currently writing, and you had a conversation with Alex Fields on publishing and what it takes to get published.
2: Yeah, there's so many questions um, and just so many fears, for that matter, behind... Writing and um, many of you listening are probably wanting to write a book. We have bloggers, maybe you've written an ebook or are in process, and so we just wanted to dig into those fears. I know it can be kind of a, a mysterious world of publishing, and what does it take to get published? And what's sort of the secret way to know people? Or I mean, there's just so many thoughts and ideas um, that can be scary uh, out there floating around. And David, I know you're starting to write some articles. I'm starting to dig in and write your first ebook, which I'm super excited to read. And we'll get out there a little bit. Um, talk to me about some of your fears in the writing process.
1: Well, we've talked a little bit about the Enneagram before on here, but one of the things that comes out whenever I try to create something is what I, what's called a one wing, which if you don't know what the Enneagram is, it's, it's perfectionism. It's this idea that um, if I'm going to put anything out there, I want it to be perfect. And that's not realistic with putting anything out there. And so what has happened with me is this long battle of constantly tweaking and critiquing my own work before it ever goes out. And so in this season of writing I've been giving myself deadlines, um deadlines that are uncomfortable for me to to force myself um, to write and and to keep these deadlines that I would normally just continue to beat something to death until I suck all the creative energy out of it because um, I have this this fear of putting anything out um, unless it's you know perfect which it's never going to be.
2: Well, you and everybody else, I mean, has that <laughs> exact same fear. It's this rough draft idea. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to hit publish. I still get nervous, maybe even a little scared, maybe even a little sweaty in the pits when I think about. Hitting publish, people can read that. Is this good? Is anybody going to like it? Are they going to resonate? We all feel those insecurities. And uh, really, I love today's conversation with Alex. He's a friend. Um, he's not my agent, he's just somebody that I go to. We talk about books, about writing, about how to get great messages out there in the world. And uh, I'm really passionate about taking a message um, that is in somebody's heart, that's stern around there, uh, and actually pulling it out so that other people can read it. It can impact. Other people. Um, So, David, you're not the only one. If you are listening and have fears about writing, number one, you're human. Number two, you're going to love this episode. Parts of it may feel a little bit like a gut punch. It may be a little bit hard to hear, but I promise you, um, this is great, level headed advice. And a lot of it you won't expect, it's a little bit countercultural. And so, uh, really love the value that this interview is going to add to so many people who are asking, what does it take? To become a writer. So as always, uh, grab a cup of coffee. And uh, for us, we've got a great cup of Hearthstone native coffee. We'll continue to share more about Hearthstone, but uh, drinking a Mexico coffee today. Uh, David, you got your cup of coffee? You're ready to rock? I do. I'm ready to rock. All right. Well, let's do this. Uh, sit back and enjoy my interview with my friend, Alex Field. Welcome to another episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. Uh, I've got a friend of mine, Alex Field, on the podcast today, and we are going to talk about writing and specifically publishing. Alex, thanks for taking some time for us today. Alan, it's my pleasure. Glad to be here, man. There's uh, so many questions we have about publishing. (laughs) Uh, As a published author, I think I still have a ton of questions. Uh, Alex lives here in Colorado Springs. And operates the bindery, doing some pretty incredible things here, helping authors essentially get messages that need to be out into the world um, into uh, your earbuds uh, through audiobooks, uh, out in there into spaces where you can be impacted by them, and of course, on the pages. Uh, I'm still a paper book fan. Are you like an ebook guy or a paper uh, book guy?
0: You know, it's funny, in the industry five, seven years ago, everybody was talking about the ebook, but. To be frank, at the time and even now, I was always a paper book guy. I was a print guy, and Good. and that's coming back. The yes. printed book is actually coming back, and not that ebooks are bad, but we're selling more printed books now uh, than ebooks by far, and bookstores are coming back too, which we can talk about. Oh, later,
2: all right, exciting great. stuff. I mean, as we sit here with our analog journals, like actual paper <laughs> here, uh, and really seeing that, that come back, I've always been, um the paper book guy when it was old school 5 or 7 years ago and now yeah, i just yeah. i love that tactile uh, resting my eyes from a screen. I feel like I'm on screens all day long and writing, I want or reading. I want it to be a little bit of an
0: escape for me. So I don't know, man. I'm it's, with you, man. Unless it's like a textbook where it's huge, it's hard to carry around, where ebooks make sense, uh, printed books are still a future. So, sure. Good. Go.
2: Good to hear. Well, if that's all you heard, guys, it's already <laughs> been a, a good podcast. Um, you just, you love good messages, good stories, good writing. Mm. Um, we bond over lunch and, and coffee on that idea. Also a, a lover of fine coffee uh, here in yes. the city, which which I appreciate some of our favorite coffee shops uh, we've sat at together. But um, just the the journey into publishing uh, and again, being a lover of, of good stories. How did you get in to publishing and how did that lead you now to launch The Bindery?
0: Hmm. Good question. Um, I think for me, books have always had a, a major impact in my life. And I, I think it began... Um, When I was in high school, we, my family moved from a small town to another small town, a little beach town in California. And I was a sophomore in high school and I was the new kid in school. And it was actually kind of one of those lonely times where, you know, you don't know anybody and and it's, it's uh, pretty isolating. So as a result of that season of my life, uh, books were, were everything for a good while, a couple of years of my life. And so I, I read everything I could get my hands on. I read a lot of fiction I also read a lot of stuff that, that challenged my faith, apologetics and things like that. Um, I remember I had a route on my 10 speed bike where I would go around our small town and there were two or three used bookstores and there were four or five thrift stores and I would scour every shelf on a Saturday morning and I would go to every store and I would fill up my backpack with books and that would you know, keep me going for two or three weeks. And as a result of that, I realized like books, uh, and the authors who wrote these books changed my life in irrevocable ways, my faith, but also just who I was and companionship and connecting with people. And uh, I wanted to give that to somebody else. I wanted to be a part of that experience for other people. Um, so I majored in English and creative writing in college and uh, at Cal State Northridge in LA and, um, and took that into my career in journalism and publishing. I think I worked in in publishing as a as a whole for almost 20 years before starting the bindery which is now what I do full time. I'm a literary agent so I come alongside authors who have a story to tell or a, an idea to share or principles that they've learned and uh, and I help them take that around the world with a variety of different publishers, um Christian some some Christian publishers and some non-Christian publishers. Um but the the unique thing there is You know, I spent all this time as the acquiring editor, the guy that everybody sends their book idea to or their book proposal to. And then I spent a long time as the publisher, the guy signing the contract, you know, to ultimately take that big risk on whatever book idea or author it is. So for me, um, having that experience and having walked through that with thousands of different books and authors, um. Now I get to help people navigate that process on the front end and try to do it with wisdom. And frankly, it's a long process. You know this, Alan, like it takes years to get from an idea that you have or a book that you want to write or a story that you want to tell to that book sitting on the shelf at Barnes and Noble or on Amazon. Um, it's a long journey. So I always counsel like, take your time. Like it's okay. Um, to, to really do it well and do it right. Um, because at the end of the process, you wanted to influence people. You wanted to touch people like me, that kid on the 10 speed bike, you know, who, who's riding around looking for some companionship or a story or a great, a great book about my faith. So,
2: which I I so appreciate that focus on patience and persistence. Um, and really it's a, I mean, the, the game can wear you down. It can be brutal. Uh, writing a book, working with a publisher, you don't know if you're a first-time author, all that's going to happen. Yeah. Every publisher happens a little bit differently. So it's kind of a quirky world uh, that feels like you're kind of a mountain guide in that sense for <sighs> publishers or or for leaders being published and kind of working in between, understanding both of those mm-hmm. sides. Because um, it it was disorienting for me. I remember yeah. uh, my first contract going, what have what I just signed on the dotted <laughs> line, right? It's a little bit like marriage. You're like, I, I get the idea. Yeah. Of what I've committed to, what (laughs) am I actually committed to? So super grateful for that, and uh, some of your advice to me has been helpful uh, many times because I'm hearing just this fast, 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 get it out of you,
1: uh,
2: get it out of your head, and right, (laughs) ship it. I mean, that sounds right for a blog post, sure. um, But the idea of something that is such a heart message, a huge deal. So patience and persistence, kind of one of those messages that I'm hearing from you. Um, So so many people want to write a book. I mean, I get. At least a person a week uh, emailing me or talking to me. I'm sure every party for you is a nightmare. Everybody wants to write their book and give you their crazy book idea. Um, Why do you believe so many people want to write a book?
0: Uh, That's a good question. And and by the way, um, I love it. Um, Every party where where you know you hear different book ideas is is fantastic because this is what I do. It's my passion to walk alongside people and take these books to market. The books that I really care about and I'm passionate about. I think. Um, you know, and, and there are so many different kinds of books. I think everybody wants to write a book because it's somewhat of a contribution of, this is what I've learned in this life that we're all living. This is some of what I've gleaned from my time here. And that's honestly, that's why it's such a privilege as a publisher, as an editor, and now as a literary agent, it's such a privilege to walk alongside people who, who've gone through things in their life or, or have this beautiful story they want to tell because it, it there's some truth in, in th- that they've learned over the course of their years that they want to deliver to everybody else in book form. Um, and that to me is really, is really important. I, I think if you feel that, if you feel this passion to share what you've learned or to share these ideas or stories with other people through the, the medium of books, then don't let anything get in your way. Like put it all put everything else aside focus on what it is you want to do and and share it with us that's a gift man like that's something that um it takes a lot of hard work it's a marathon and you know this like the writing is not easy the editing's not easy once it gets into the market it can be frustrating but what you've learned and what you want to give to other people is an absolute gift. And so I I think people want to write books for really good reasons. I think it's a noble thing to pursue. Um, But to do it right and to have a a certain level of influence um, takes real hard work. So, you know, not everybody does it. And I think that's why.
2: And we think about the actual just writing of the book, like the process of sitting down and getting it out. And there's so much involved in that, um, in that process. That's probably a whole nother day, you know, the idea of traditional publishing and the differences between yep. that and self-publishing, but there's less barriers today um, than there ever have been. Absolutely. And even kind of when blogging started, I remember it's this idea, it's crazy. You, you'd like put it on the internet, share it, and people would actually read it. You know, <laughs> I mean, granted it was like just my grandma reading it, but still like right. another human being read it. There you go. <laughs> uh, people, you know, in theory actually could go read it. Um, you've literally come alongside of hundreds of authors yep. uh, at this point and will continue to. What's that spark you're looking for?
0: What makes Hmm. you believe in an author? That's a good question. Um, Excuse me. And and certainly that's personal for every agent. It's personal for every editor, personal for every publisher. Um, uh, But there are a few kind of universals. And we always used to talk about on the publishing side, the three-legged stool. This is not new. This has been out there before. But um, publishers and I, as an agent, uh, with the people that I serve, we're looking for Three primary things, and then there's a lot of x factors that kind of surround that and those three primary things um and you've probably heard this before, but it starts with the book concept, what's the idea, and that might be a title and a subtitle, what's the story or the log line that sums up with the hook of your book um the content itself, like the writing you know that's one leg of the stool, the concept is one, the writing is another, and then the author platform is the third and um for whatever reason for better or for worse that's become a major part of publishing these days especially in Christian publishing and i think you just said it everybody has access to the tools now to be able to self publish right so there are more books out there than ever and everybody's clamoring for attention for their book their thing so it's actually really hard these days to get people to read your book and that's why author platform people hate it but it's it's an absolute necessity when it comes to that three-legged stool. So generally on the nonfiction side, if you're writing, you know, you need at least two of those things to really, really work. Um, And by the way, I define author platform as, and it can be almost anything, but it's a way for an author to influence people to buy their book directly in some form or fashion. You're talking to an audience of people directly somehow. That can be a blog or a podcast like this. That can be, you know, a radio program or you lead a nonprofit organization or a church or whatever. Find your people and start bringing value in whatever format you can. And and that'll create some influence and maybe ultimately help sell books. Um, Although that's, you know, that's not the reason to do it necessarily, but it it can help. So uh, there's the three legs of the stool. Uh, you know, that's something that we talk about, um, on, on the the publishing side.
2: So beyond that three legged stool, which makes perfect sense, that kind of at least, you know, pick two of those, uh, kind of thing. What do you believe it takes actually in that author Hmm. to, to sometimes go through that brutal process From start of that idea, all the way to that sitting on the shelf,
0: what does that take in a human being to take a message from here to there? Yeah, that's a great question. And that, that really is, I think, one of the unexpected parts of this process is that it's it's not a sprint it's not you you put it all out there and you're good and and the publisher handles the rest it really is a marathon it's a long-term deal uh if you think about it this is not something that you're you're gonna do and then move on if if you do this well this book could live not just for months or years but for decades it can be on the shelf for a long long time and so it's important that you take your time not only to pick the right book to write Like what do you have to offer the world that you really care about and you believe in, but also like taking the time to do it well and write it with excellence and then market it with excellence. I talk to a lot of authors uh, who hate the marketing side. Like uh, there's a lot of authors who are great writers, but they, they want to be, they want to completely evaporate when it comes time to share about this book. And it's so important that the author is the, the CMO, the chief marketing officer when it comes to marketing their book.
2: Which can feel weird
0: because it can feel
2: everything that, especially in the Christian world, that we think, oh, that's too self-promoting and that's prideful. But to a level, it takes that, right? Like that grit to literally take the risk to get yourself out there. I mean, frankly,
0: the publisher can only do so much. There's there's only one person that can go on a TV show or a radio program or a podcast and talk about his or her book. It's the author. The publisher can't do that for you. And so it's important that you treat it that way. And if the book isn't worth it for you to do that, and this might sound kind of harsh, but I wouldn't write it. I would not even start because it is a long-term commitment to really share this message with a lot of people. Wow, this that's, story. that's a good thought.
2: That if it's not worth it to you five and 10 and maybe even 15 years down the line yeah. to be speaking about this, exactly. writing more about it, yep. digging into more coaching leaders on
0: this particular topic, then maybe it's actually not worth getting out into the world. I, I believe that wholeheartedly, man. And listen, like I hear from authors all the time, my publisher didn't market my book. Why didn't they do this, that, or the other thing? And I, I'm on the phone with publishers all the time talking about things that we need to be doing and things we need to step up on. There's a lot to be said there, but it starts with the author. It's their message. It's their story. It's their idea. If if they're not out there hustling, no one's going to be out there hustling. And so that's, that's just important. You got to feel it. You got to believe it. You got to be ready to work hard. And to be clear, uh, if you're listening in,
2: we're really talking about full-length books today. And we're talking about traditionally published books generally. And so self-publishing, I mean, literally, that's just a whole nother podcast or days of conversation there. There's a lot of talk <laughs> But really, we wanted to give the look into this full-length book idea because it's a marathon. It takes a long time to do this. We believe in eBooks and the ability to just put out, yes. you know, PDFs and lists. And I mean, there's great opportunities to do that. But really, there's just something different about this full-length book. Um, so, if somebody listening wants deep down in their bones, Alex, to write a full-length book and get it mm-hmm. out to the world, where should they start? literally right now, today, as they're listening to this. No pressure on this
0: question. No, no, and it's a good question. I mean, there are so many ways to reach people these days. There are shorter books, there are small eBooks that are used to deliver value to people and and generate lists or email uh, lists, as you've talked about. A full-length book is something other. It's It's a totally different experience. And what I love about it, whether it's a story or a memoir or a series of ideas around a big idea, a big concept, is that it lives with you for a while. When you're reading a full length book, it's not like a two hour movie. You just go in and it's done after a couple hours. It it can actually live with you for weeks at a time and you can go back to it and refer to it. And that takes some art um, as a writer. So where would I start right now? There's a few different things. with nonfiction, I find an outline's critically important. So what are the series of ideas that, that you think will, will form this book? And I would start writing them down. And, and sometimes with certain writers, you may do this, Alan, uh, when you're coaching. Um, there might be exercises that you can put into place. All right, sit down. If you have this idea you think you want to write, sit down and just write a thousand words on that idea. And and explore it. Where do you want to go with it? And and do it again if if you if you get enough words on paper and you're like, okay, there's more here. Sit down and write another thousand words. And what are the make a list of the ideas you want to cover. Um, if you're really serious about it and you you start to generate lots of content around that, then it might be fun to explore writing a book proposal. And that's kind of the the step when you're ready to get serious about publishing. That's generally where it starts. Mm-hmm. So maybe.
2: Pr- kind of what you're saying, prick it a little bit and see how much it bleeds. Yeah. See if there's something there, probe it maybe through some blog posts or could you expand this? And so passion is one marker that there's something else there. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I think testing it with audiences, whether it's a blog or speaking or sharing it in other ways is a fantastic way to, to make sure that it's content you care about and want to dedicate the next few years of your life to. And does it resonate, you
2: know, as you begin to throw That's it right. out there, I it was interesting um, as you're saying this, I remember that. Um, I had run into somebody who uh, runs kind of a you know, bigger online site and said, hey, if you ever have any ideas, let me know. Well, that's not the problem for me. I have too many ideas, right? <laughs> are any of them any good? Do people want to read them? Uh, and I remember throwing him three ideas and he said, what about this one staying is mm. the new going? Mm. And so it started as an article. And honestly, it surprised me is that, whoa, other people are thinking this. Um, so what's kind of the role of, um, of seeing a message in somebody else? And maybe even the market seeing that, mm. then, a, then mm. a, a leader, an author, a writer is kind of too close to even see.
0: Yeah, well, and that's that's a role that a, an agent can play. Like what, that's what I do with people all the time. And and sometimes for for pastors, for example, you know, this sermon series generated so much feedback. Mm. People came up to me for weeks and weeks and weeks on end. Oh my gosh, can you tell me more about this? Or, or, you know, if it's a blog post or an article, we got so many letters, feedback, emails, whatever. That's really important. And somebody else can identify that. Uh, certainly, publishing people are always out there hunting. I like to tell people, because there is a bit of jadedness about this industry, like editors are hopeful readers. And they're out there listening to sermons. They're out there reading articles, reading magazines, looking for ideas that they think will stand out. In this marketplace of of really busy marketplace of ideas that that books enter into every time they release. So certainly an agent can play that role. I'm I'm certain editors play that role all the time. I used to do that all the time and hunt for people who were kind of communicating in unique ways or sharing big ideas in ways that were connecting with people. Um, Maybe you know that already. Maybe you as a leader have shared some certain things and you know this is exactly what I want to write about. And then, you know, keep testing, keep building. That's good. Really practical help. If you guys are listening to this, know that there's
2: so many ways to get your ideas out. And again, we're just kind of tackling this, you know, full length idea. There's there's bloggers that yeah. have specific rhythm of their blogs and could tell you how they're getting that out there. What are some things that work for them? So just ask some other writers, maybe a few steps ahead as well, of what were some key things you did? What would you recommend? Because I found some similar themes as I've sat around with writers and gone, ah, that's one way that I figure out my writing process. We're actually um, listening to Eugene Peterson, the late Eugene Peterson, just Mm. blow our minds. Uh, And actually you were in the room as well. And Mm. remember uh, Mark Batterson on my left Mm -hmm. and then Sally Lloyd-Jones on my right. And so I don't know how I got the invite to sit between (laughs) these two, but I thought this is my opportunity. Um, You know, how many thousands and thousands of hundreds of thousands of copies have impacted people. That's what I wanted to find out. Well, what's your writing process? How do you keep mm-hmm. doing this um, in the process? And that was huge for me to yeah. even say, that's not too far away from what I'm doing. Okay, I just need to kind of keep going. <laughs> and here are some ideas that could could really help me. So that's that's been super helpful. Um, You're talking about kind of the marketing mistake and not seeing that piece. What are some other common mistakes that you see authors making?
0: Uh, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I, I think it's, it's easy for some authors to... To jump on the first book deal that they they get offered, and and I know that that might sound crazy on the one money. Hand. Right. They're going to pay right. me to write a book. This is like a <laughs> dream like, come oh true. Oh my gosh, this is amazing, and that's one reason why I counsel take your time and wisdom. And I'll tell you why because oftentimes, and this this is a brutal industry, right? So eight out of ten books. Don't earn back the advance that the publisher pays the author, and we could get into the details of how that works. But so literally,
2: but, they don't make any money off royalties afterwards. Correct. Is what so said. that's
0: two out of ten books that that ultimately do earn back that advance. It doesn't mean they're wildly successful. They just earn back that initial payment because it's publisher. a risk, right? A publisher is literally taking it's a, a business a, it's risk, a gamble a every time they publish a book. That's right. Exactly. So I, I think the mistake is jumping on the very first. Um, book deal that they get offered, or or even writing the first book that comes to mind. I think those two things, um, uh, frankly, take your time, do some homework, look at the other publishers in the industry. Is this the right publishing partner for you? Do they do books like the one you want to write? Um, because sometimes an author will get through their first book, come to the other side of this game, and they think, you know, people are going to come in droves to this thing. And that's... I, Who wouldn't think that? Like you're writing this great thing that you've been processing and thinking about and and spending the last year writing. Um, It it can be really, uh, really brutal to come to the other end of that and and you're not selling any books. So I would counsel take your time and pick the right people to go with you, you know, whether that's an agent, a publishing partner, an editor, whoever, whoever you're working with on the editorial side. And, uh, and then, you know, I, I think if you, if you take your time building that author platform, one of those legs at the stool that we talked about, um, and that just, that might take years, but you might be much happier at the end of that process. Cause it can be, it can be a, a rude awakening. And that's actually quite refreshing in our world of quick fixes
2: and everything that's going to be fast. And I'm going to have, you know, 18 billion followers by tomorrow. And, <laughs> you know, and just to say that, it's more of a crock pot than a microwave is that it just is going to take time. I think that's true. uh, And and get started somehow today. Don't be petrified by that idea, shaking your boots, just start and begin to take your next right steps. And that's really why we're talking today. I want you guys um, to get the message out of your, head and your heart and into other people's lives and earbuds and eyes and, you know, to to think through actually how that could change lives. Um, You mentioned this can be brutal. I I know this can be brutal on the ego, everything from, oh, no, there's a lot of red. My manuscript is bleeding um, to that. of Oh, I didn't think it was this bad to the marketing piece of that, to it being launched and published. And then a month Mm -hmm. later, it's crickets. Uh, I know all those feelings and, and insecurities kind of firsthand, but Um, what are some other things that are just hard if you're going to write a full length book besides like actually getting that out of you and actually like the marathon up to publishing, what are some other things that are just hard about writing a book?
0: Yeah. I mean, the, it starts with the writing of the book itself, as you said, it is a marathon, uh, for a lot of people, it can be absolutely exhausting or they'll, they'll freeze in, you know, in the face of a blank page on the laptop. So the writing itself is very hard. And there are, there are people out there who are really good at drawing that out, uh, whether that's a coach or a collaborator, um, um, really, there's a lot of this this process. It's difficult. I, it's funny. One of the things that I find talking with authors that's that's sort of surprising is how long it takes. Once you have a contract in place, it still takes 12 to 18, sometimes 20 more, 24 months to get a book on the shelf. Right? Engagement, so length engagement it, is short compared to that, man. Yeah, you've got to have some stamina when it comes to that part of that part of the process. And it seems kind of crazy. Why does it take so long? There are very good reasons why it takes long. I mean, for one example, Barnes & Noble uh, takes their pitches for the books that are coming out, say in September, those pitches start happening like right now, like in February of, of each year. So almost eight, nine months ahead of a wow. book hitting the shelf. And by that point, the publisher has to have the cover designed, the title and subtitle locked in. They have to have an idea what the book's actually going to be when the manuscript is finished. So there are good reasons market reasons that drive that long process and i also find it's just helpful for for authors to really take their time not just in thinking about what they want to do but in writing the book building their marketing plans thinking about what they're going to share with people as they're speaking on the book or going on tv or going on the radio or any of the kind of stuff that happens to really sell books so every part of the process can be can be pretty trying um there are authors who just hate getting out there and talking to people about their book. And I get that, you know, that's, that's part of it. That's really difficult. But uh, if you're, as I said before, if you're not sharing about it, I don't think anyone else is going to share about it. So it has to start with the author and, and hopefully that, that message, that story that you believe in so much um, really communicates and connects with people. And here's a
2: crazy thought too, for the, I call them serial authors, ones that just keep writing books by the time that book's coming out, they're working on their next book or have finished right. their next book, yep. which is crazy to think about. And so part of it is literally just, man, I started thinking about this idea some years ago, two, three years ago. It's been finished for a while. It's hard to keep caring about this. If it's <laughs> not deep down yes. in my bones, I've kind of moved on, that's especially right. with a quick attention span. So that's something to think about. You know, The best book that's on the market today and is fresh. Uh, that that author's maybe even getting tired of because it's beat yeah, the life out of exactly them in the meantime. Right. Uh, so that's just something weird about the process uh, that you think it's like their latest idea from three <laughs> weeks ago. No way.
0: <laughs> that one's been in the cooker for a long time. That's and, right. and all the things that come out with a book when there's a marketing campaign involved, that's all well thought through and strategic um, with a, a whole team of people that care about that message and uh and the author is certainly at the center of that. So. We talk a lot about healthy leadership and then therefore the opposite which is burnout. Yeah.
2: Um if a if an author were setting out to burn out in the mm. process of writing a book mm. and that were their goal. I know it sounds crazy, but if they said, <laughs> "Whatever I do, I'm going to burn out in this process, burn myself to a crisp, how would you recommend they do that <laughs> in terms
0: of writing their first book?" Oh, uh, that's that's funny. Uh, that's a good question. I don't I have never thought about it from that perspective. Um, like anything else, I think it's important to uh, to pace yourself. And, and I keep I'm I'm a broken record here when I say take your time, but pace yourself. And and I'm I'm answering the opposite question, I guess, is what's happening here. You can. I mean, I've seen authors write book after book after book back to back to back and do multiple book deals and and really run hard to build everything they need to build around the campaign, the launch of a book. And there's a lot that can go into that if it's done right. Um, that can burn anybody out. Um, I, I, I find, you know, essentialism is a book that I absolutely adore so good, right? You, you pick the, the things that you care about and you, you focus on those and you go deep in those things. So frankly, I think there's something to be said for working on one book at a time and playing it out as long as you can. I've been working with an author recently who's like, I'm going to write this book. If this is the last book I ever write, I'm golden. This is a good thing. And I'm going to spend the next five to 10 years of my life speaking and talking and getting on TV and sharing about this one message. And that's it. I may write other books, but this, I'm going to go deep into this book and, and, major in this message for the next five to 10 years. I love that. And that's kind of what it takes for this really to work is, is ultimate commitment to this idea or this story. That's good. I
2: mean, what's your, what's your end game? Are you just trying to get this thing out so you can move on? Right. But that to me says investment and every investment is based on delayed gratification. And so here's the future. Here's what we're heading toward. If you're not going to graduate from that message, why not? And so we're not really hearing much of this slow burn idea in our culture today. Everything is quick. And um, man, what about a slow process that slowly impacts a ton of people? Um, And you maybe become known as the blank guy or the blank gal, right? That message could actually define a decade, maybe even the rest of your life. Would that be a good thing uh, overall? (laughs) Man, I know you have some cool stories of um, working with somebody to kind of pull an idea out. Does one of those stand out, Alex, Hmm. where you believed in an idea, an Mm -hmm. author, or a message and then you just kind of watch that impact other people on the other side?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've worked with a lot of different authors and I, I'll i be honest, there, there are probably dozens of these stories where, you know, the book has had major impact or we believed in something early on. Um, I'll, I'll mention a couple of stories and and publishing is a unique business. It's It's impossible. It's very, very difficult, I should say, to get attention for a new book um, these days, uh, as a publisher, as an author, it takes a lot of hard work. So when something really breaks out, it's kind of fun. Um, the one that comes to mind first, and this is not a traditional, this doesn't happen very often. And it's kind of a weird book, but from the publishing perspective, it was fun. Um, and it's an example of sort of jumping on a trend. I remember when I was, uh, leading a team at Waterbrook, which is a, uh, an imprint of Penguin Random House here in Colorado Springs. And uh, an editor came to me and said, I, I've seen this coloring book. She brought a coloring book in, put it on my desk, and it, it's kind of cool. It's beautiful, and, and there's nothing like this out there that I've seen. And it's just starting to work. And this is, again, sort of an odd project. And she said, I think we should do one of these that, that can actually enrich you spiritually, has scripture in it, things like that. And I, honestly, it was not what we did. It was a crazy idea. It was a total experiment and frankly, I think we were pretty close to going, there's no way, this is, this is stupid. Luckily, uh, we, we decided to take a risk and every book that every publisher publishes is a big risk. Every time you're putting tens of thousands of dollars on the table just about every time you publish a book. So we decided to take a risk and lo and behold, we rushed it to market. I think it took us four or five months. And you heard me just say it takes 12 to 18, sometimes 24 months to do most books. Either way, it came out during the holiday season, went bananas, sold hundreds of thousands of copies. And, and it was... It's fun, uh, frankly, when something like that works because of the, the the hard nature of the industry, where eight out of ten books don't work,
2: and it's a new concept, and yeah.
0: it's wacky enough, and then to go, oh man, that's surprising! <laughs> that's a cool story, man. I mean, that was that was one of very of many. Uh, another one was working with a guy named Tim Tebow, you know, football player and and frankly this one doesn't. as he's saying that i literally T-boat on the floor no <laughs> just kidding so yes yes tell yeah. us more yeah i mean he's he's uh, it, it sounds almost like a slam dunk if you're approaching it from a publishing pers- like a publisher's perspective oh yeah tim should write a book it's going to be a bestseller of course it is but but look at it from the perspective of he had not been signed to any team he had not written a book since he was in college and he was a massive success he just won the heisman and he comes to us with an idea. Um, the book ultimately ended up being titled Shaken, you know, something like Weathering Life Storms and how to do that. And frankly, we weren't sure, like that was a big risk for us because who, who is this guy now? He, he wasn't playing baseball yet, which I think he's still doing now. He wasn't hosting a TV show, which he's doing now. It was Tim Tebow in this sort of hard story. And either way, we, we decided to go forward with that and uh and you know built the biggest campaign we could possibly build. We worked really hard to to create a really great book with a writer and and launched this book to the world and It was a huge bestseller and and it was uh at the beginning of the process, not a guarantee once again, huge risk for the publisher and what I like to share with authors if you're thinking about writing a book is put yourself in the shoes of the editor or the publisher. If they're going to risk twenty or thirty thousand dollars on publishing this book, this idea, this dream that you have, this thing that you've learned about life that you want to share with the rest of the world, is it is it worth that? Would you risk that money, and why? You know, what what, what would really drive you to to put that money all in in the middle of the table? It's a great question because we tend to think, oh, somebody else,
2: some big company should take a risk on this. Uh, what if you had to self-publish it and it cost that much? Mm. Because it's already going to cost you time. Yes. It's already going to cost you energy. Absolutely. You're already going to have to say no uh, to that. So, man, I, I love that. So you just moved from a publisher role uh, yep. in, the re- or in the recent past into like a business owner as well. Yeah. And so you got a lot going on, kids, wife. Hmm. You obviously don't want to throw that out of whack as Mm-mm. you continue to lead the bindery. Um, so just let us behind the curtain of your life a little bit. Um, how
0: do you stay healthy uh,
2: yeah. as
0: a dad, husband, business owner? It's a good question. And it sounds like uh, it sounds like you guys talk about these kind of things a lot. Always. We're not going to let you get away without talking about (laughs) yourself. It's good. It's very good. Uh, Well, for me, there there are are some rhythms that are really important for self-care. And uh, one of them is hiking, like because we live in this beautiful state in Colorado. That's right. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I get out and hike two to three times a week. And sometimes what I'll do, I'll get in the office at seven or eight. And I will work hard. I'll be on phone calls and doing all my things and then if I'm done and if I have nothing left to do that day from my to-do list and I do to-do lists every day, sometimes I'll bail at three o'clock and go hit the trail and hike for an hour or two before I head home and hang out with the family. So that's one practice that I didn't do when I was in the more corporate side of publishing um, and, and is really helpful for me now because as you know Running your own business, running your own operation, you can be thinking about this thing 24 seven. Like on the weekends, you can be checking email all night long and and that's a real temptation. So for me, filling it with those types of things, hiking uh, in particular is important. My wife and I also have a practice where once a month we pick a day and we'll go and we'll go do something together, especially for the morning. We'll go get breakfast or coffee. We'll we'll go for a hike ourselves, or we've gone to a spa before, you know, and done like a massage or a hot tub day or something like that. Um, that's just really important for us to connect for our relationship. And then, you know, just to she runs a business as well, so for for both of us, that's that's really needed. In fact, we have one coming up here, so.
2: Those are just a couple of things. Good, man. I want to, I want to see your toes painted uh, after that. Yeah, oh, right. di- different kind of spot, Dan. Uh We always love talking about the practical pieces because so many times we just kind of float 10 or 15 feet above what's actually like, what do, what do we need? And hmm. um you're right. We can't get away from technology. Many of our jobs are mobile and that's good at first, yeah. uh, bad at second, and that's hard. And so... Really, I mean, obviously, living here in Colorado, we have no excuse. And so, yes. uh, if you live some close to something beautiful, like no free passes there. Love that you're invested in your marriage. Um, love that you're here, you know, selfishly in our, in our community. We can get together <laughs> once in a while. Thanks for uh, coming on today. Uh, if we want to find the bindery, if people are interested in finding out more, somebody's a published author, or maybe wants to be, how would they contact you and the bindery?
0: Yeah, our, our home online is pretty simple it's thebinderyagency.com www.thebinaryagency.com
2: awesome well thanks for coming on today kind of helping us demystify uh, this crazy world of traditional (laughs) publishing Uh, it's awesome man keep bringing some amazing messages into the world the confidence that you breathe into people and um, just your care for good messages and Mm. curating those uh, is huge and is not lost on us so thanks for your thoughts today man my pleasure Alan good to talk with you I love the conversation with Alex today, but I know a lot of you listening, that may feel like a gut punch. Maybe you want to write, and you're saying, I didn't know there was that much behind it. And uh, if you're feeling a little bit discouraged at the end of this, believe you me, I understand. Uh, I had the blessing or curse of writing three full-length books through traditional publishers in three years. I had a growing family and growing responsibilities, so there was no way that I could just go up to the mountains and rent a cabin for a month. So I had to write in the midst of life. I had to figure out my process. Now, to be honest, I wouldn't recommend you doing what I did, but I had to figure it out in the meantime. And figuring out your writing process is one of the most important things about regularly writing and becoming a blogger or writing eBooks or even writing a full-length book. And people come to me all the time and they say, I want to write a book, but I have no idea how. And most people aren't natural writers, by the way, they're more leaders and humans with a story that they'd like to tell to other leaders and humans. And so really, when we think about story that God has put deep inside of us, we've got to have a way to pull that out. And every writer writing anything longer than a blog post needs a process for writing. How are you regularly going to get those words out of you and outlined and onto paper so that you can go the distance that Alex was talking about? And two keys to the writing process are mindset and process. And I walked through so many of these things in the process of writing those three books that I wanted to turn them into writing guides. Enough people asked me, how should I do this, that I had to get it out of my mind. And so finally, I wrote this down and actually into two different processes. Uh, I began to hear this first thing, I'm too busy to write. There's no way I can get this out of me. I've, I've got a full life and completely understand that and had to wade through the writing process of that. And secondly, I'm not a trained writer. Like I, I don't know grammar very well and I didn't write growing up and I wasn't an English major in college. And so I've actually designed a writing guide for people who are busy and were not trained writers, which is most of us. So I created two guides to kind of demystify the writing process. And I want to give you a proper mindset and move you from being an aspiring writer to an actual writer. And I've called these a busy bum's blueprint for writing and a busy bum's guide to writing a book. And so one of them's foundational and just talks about writing and really about mindset. And secondly, is about your process to regularly get those words out of you so that you can go the distance and write a full-length book. These are over on stayforth.com on our resources page. So visit there for both busy bum's guides: the blueprint for writing, and then the guide to writing a book. I really love helping get the message out of people and onto paper so it can impact other people well beyond us. And to think about as a writer, the big question, why should I invest the time right now to write something down later? And simply it multiplies the impact of what's inside of your head. You can literally leave a legacy with people that you never meet before. That in, in 500 years, if you lived on this earth, you would never have time to meet. There's beautiful technology today. There's all kinds of other options for getting books out besides just a traditional publisher like Alex was talking about today. There's self-publishing, there's blogging, there's podcasting. There's so many ways you can share your message, but I am passionate about coming alongside of writers. And in the near future, Stay Forth is going to offer a writer's retreat, a Stay Forth go forth. So keep your eyes out and ears out for that. We're really excited to be able to help writers go to the next level to launch that book to help impact other people. And so just wanted to leave you with one simple question after today's podcast. What's your next step with your writing? Maybe for you, it's to start journaling regularly and map out those ideas for you. Maybe to start blogging regularly. Maybe you're supposed to go for it and go ahead and outline a book And maybe you're supposed to download these writing guides and actually figure out this busy bums guide to writing a book and ultimately to leaving a legacy in other people's lives. Make sure that you stay healthy in the process, pace yourself, and don't burn out doing the very thing that you want to show to other people is deep down inside of you. Guys, it's been another great episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. We would love it if you share this with anybody who may be an aspiring writer, who's a current writer, who wants to pick up some tips on writing, on publishing, on blogging. Share this with anybody that comes to mind so that we can continue to get this message out, that you can lead for the long haul without losing your soul. Thanks for joining us.